folks, can you feel it in the air? It's the holiday season. <laughs> it's starting to look like the winter map outside. <laughs> okay. Not here, honestly. It oh, just no. gets dark faster. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, Kyle, I'm sure that your audio is picking that up, but in Zoom, it's chosen to mute the holiday spirit of whatever you're trying to convey. There's like oh, a filter. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's so funny to watch you shaking that thing and nothing's happening on our end. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Delightful. I just wanted to bring a little holiday hand percussion magic to our discussion. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I can't wait to just, uh, you know, build a little fire in the fireplace, mm-hmm. roll out the neoprene mat. Yeah. And then, um, you know, fight against my friends. I just, it sounds so cozy to me. All I want for Christmas is root. (laughs) (laughs) Do either of you have games planned over the break? Nope. (laughs) Um, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to uh, the community root game that's about to kick off. If uh, if you don't know what this is, what we're referring to in... The Good Time Society Discord and the Woodland War Machine channel, you can find more information. But there is going to be an asynchronous root community game. We mentioned it last episode. I'm so excited for that to kick off. I'm on team three. Uh, How do I find out which team I'm on? Uh, so when you join the oh, Discord for this yeah. root game, you will be automatically sorted by the sorting hat into one of four teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to see the, the uh, private chat for just your team. Okay, yeah. Then I'm Team Four. So what's going on in Team Four? Are you guys, uh, oh, you guys got a name for yourselves yet, or what? <laughs> oh, it's total madness over here on Team Four. I can't even talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, are you going to participate in the community game? I am in Team One. I was uh, asked to captain, but I just I have too much on my uh, plate to like actually convey orders. But I'm going to convey opinions. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I've I've heard the Team One is already. Uh, like talking smack about team three right now is that true yeah well i mean if you've actually like to talk to anybody in team three it's like what's the point <laughs> all right I sam mean, you want to no, um, no wanna... offense <laughs> yeah no offense to any individuals on team three but as a whole i'm just disappointed sure okay yeah no i think uh we might be looking for an alliance with team four now cool so looking forward to that that's my like where my gaming energy is probably going to go during the the holiday break I am definitely going to be doing some prep for this upcoming tournament as well. Um, so hit me up on the Discord. Uh, especially I'm looking for morning games. Really early in the morning games. This is what I'm hoping for. As you can tell, I'm great in the morning. Uh, this podcast is off to a festive start. Uh, yeah, but very excited. Uh, definitely going to be playing some Root. There it is. There's those silent jingle bells. Um yeah, Sam, we should definitely play. Uh, can't wait for the winter tournament to get started. I think it's super exciting. And uh, speaking of, you know, holiday wish lists for gifts and games and stuff like that, uh, I can only anticipate that Root is going to be flying off the shelves uh, because it was just featured in a wire cutter article in the New York Times at the very tippy top of a list of the best board games. I went to a holiday party last night with my family. And they were trying to understand what this podcast is. And now <laughs> I can be like, the New York Times just called it the number one strategy game. You know? Feels good. 
Can you actually link the article to them, or is it behind the paywall? I don't know. I just got a screen grab. I just started sharing that. <laughs> you didn't read the article? No, I didn't read the article. I run the podcast for the game. I'm good. <laughs> All right. What? I, I did Jake, read the article. Did you research I'm not saying it? you don't need to. I'm not saying you need to learn what root is from the article. I'm just saying, did you read what they said about it? You looked at the picture and that's all you did? Yeah. Come on. What do you mean? <laughs> that's what articles are. They're meant to be read. Did what you, you look at I mean? the article, Jake? I honestly didn't. But, okay. like, I'm trying to now, and I'm, I'm asking if it's behind a paywall, but I guess it doesn't matter if you can see the picture. <laughs> well, I, you guys should definitely read this article, because actually underneath the root section, it mentions that the, the greatest root player in the world is Kyle Atchison, which is really That's cool. wild. Nice to get a shout out from the New York Times like that. So, um, yeah, you should definitely go check it out. They've always had an elitist bent anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can't believe that wasn't the headline. Okay, so uh, now that it's been mentioned in uh, you know major publication like this, I-, I can only anticipate that interest will be growing a lot, and that could um, impact the winter tournament slightly. Is something I've been thinking about. Like if more people become like aware of the game and start looking for more content online, they might find their way to this um, big competitive event, which I am just so excited. I think Root is open to all comers and. Uh, I think it would be really cool to get an influx of new players. I think that's great. But I do think there's a pretty big jump from, hey, I read about this board game in the New York Times to downloading Tabletop Simulator and joining a Discord to play it competitively. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, damn. What? I started reading this article. All right, are you just like trying to rub it in? Like no, but they you, okay. I have to say they the New York Times. First off, they talked to someone at the Brooklyn Strategist. Yep, which is that's my neighborhood game store. That's where uh, okay. all the yeah game, the IRL games I've been mentioning on the pod. That's where we played. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you guys probably know the person they interviewed, Eric Yurko. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's one thing, and then also for the the how to play. They link at the bottom of the description. It's the one I wrote for Geek and Sundry. Yeah. You have the most popular how to play for Root. I knew that. <laughs> well, That's wild that they linked it, it worth... in the New York Times. Yeah. it's Look worth... who should have read the article. Look right? who should have read the article and is glad he did. <laughs> Dear Lord. All right, folks. Enough diddly doddling. Okay. We have an episode to get to. And this episode's all about holiday wishes right what we wish for in the upcoming root expansion has it been announced no but it's probably (laughs) gonna happen at some point and we've got some wishes for it yeah cole Worley is gonna wake up on december 25th and there's gonna be just a, a little note under his pillow written in an unknown hand that just you know, is like the seed, the germ of an idea for the next root expansion. <laughs> now, uh, Cole has said many times, including on this podcast, that he felt like root had like one or two expansions left, right? And I think I'm in the camp of one more expansion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Make it a big one, make it a big capstone. Uh, but I don't need root content forever i do want the game to eventually be complete um but i do want enough toys in the toy box to keep the experience varied for 
the rest of our lives, or at least until Root Second Edition, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, until we can play Root in VR or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think one more expansion with two factions, a couple maps, and a deck, that's not too much to ask for, right? Come on. I mean, I am going to ask for a lot more than that in this episode, but yeah, I'm with you <laughs> in principle. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what do you feel? Do you think that, uh, do you like the constant releases or are you ready for Root to be complete? No, no, I think one more. I'm with you on one more, especially because like this game, I, it's hard to, I, I appreciate the weird Root community for being so imaginative of what else could be included in this game. But like, it's really hard when I was brainstorming this idea that for this episode, it's like, it's really hard to put something that feels balanced and hasn't already kind of been done within the factions already. That doesn't kind of tear open the game in a different way, which is actually what an expansion is supposed to do, but that's a difficult task. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's one more before Root Second Edition, which is a whole nother conversation, uh, if, if that ever will exist and what it looks like. Because we were talking about, like, some Second Editions are just, you know, slight rewordings of things, and other Second Editions of games are whole overhauls of the systems. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what root. I would imagine root would be the latter rather than the former, because a leader doesn't seem like a game that would just put a second edition out for just that. You know? Yeah. It, usually, but, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. Kind of impact on on the game, like an an improvement in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen them release like uh, updated faction boards and stuff. They're not really afraid to rebalance the game while it's out. So I would imagine a root second edition they'd have to want to do something else or I could see it being like the definitive version, right? Like literally make it like a, a $300 box that has every single thing for root and everything is, has like a balance patched and yeah, exactly. Yeah. The root sphere, the root sphere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, we all dream of like the big storage solution, obviously. Um, but we want that when root is complete. So I think that that could be it. Like it's kind of like a capstone, uh, on the, the series of root. And it has like those things. Maybe it's like despot infamy stand and deliver like some of these, like kind of like things that we've been talking about or things kind of get balanced up. Um, I could see that being what they do instead of like, now the cats work totally different, or there aren't cats, and instead it's all robots. You know, I don't think they're going to go that route. I think I would be fun to see the evolution of the story too. Of like the cats got overthrown, so like then the cats are an insurgent faction in second edition, mm. and they're built completely differently. Mm. They're smuggling wood now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right, so when we think about what makes a root expansion, expansions in root. Are always have two new factions and then each expansion adds some kind of like extra mechanism extra part of the game so mm-hmm. in the river folk which truthfully is hard to call it a, like a proper expansion because it was released alongside the original kickstarter yeah it's like if the original base game of root is a motorcycle uh the river folk expansion is a sidecar on that motorcycle they kind of go together you know what i mean yeah yeah you can't play the river folk expansion by itself in any way you know but they did add the like ai cats the original mechanical marquees right right which has been drastically overhauled since then yes yes so um so it's contribution to that part not so strong but added the two factions and they're great those hold up the underworld expansion added 
obviously the two new factions, uh, the double-sided map, the mountain and lake map. Mm -hmm. In that Kickstarter, the new deck, I'm going to credit it to the Underworld expansion rather than getting into these like tiny little micro expansions because it came out in the because it was separate right the enp deck is sold separately now but i think you could get it as a bundle originally is that what it was sam i think it yeah it was like a stretch goal or something like you got it with the underworld kickstarter but now is a separate product that doesn't come in the underworld expansion got it um, so we got that new deck, and we got <laughs> landmarks, kind of, <laughs> um, sure. what landmarks would become. Really, they were just uh, map variants. Yeah, um, that would be, be eventually be retconned into landmarks. Yes, yes. And then the Marauder faction, obviously the two factions, add set, kind of solidified landmarks, and added hirelings. So uh, Marauder definitely adding the most like extra to the game. Yeah. Uh, apart from giving us the two red factions in that expansion to like really make things different. And of course, ad set might be the most game changing thing it added as well. So yeah. Yeah. Just a pure improvement to the, the setup portion of the game, which I, I love that that's the kind of thing that leader is willing to tinker with and mm-hmm. improve. Like it's, it's so cool to me that they just like made the game even more balanced and cool by messing with, the like one of the more mundane elements of the game and turning that into like a strategic battlefield, I think is really cool. Yeah. Gamifying setup is so fun. Yeah. So great. So when we're looking at what our dream last root expansion could be, Oh Santa, please deliver it to us. (laughs) What could it be? Um, We're going to have the two factions. So we're going to think about like what, Mechanics, because each one of the factions has like a very mechanic or mechanically very different, right? Yeah. The uh, the badgers are like almost like pick up and deliver. The cats are like building infrastructure to get wood to build infrastructure. The birds are programming. So like, what other like game mechanisms could we be exploring with these new factions? Does anyone have any kind of favorite game mechanisms that could be woven into a root faction? You don't have to have a complete idea, but. I feel like has worker placement been touched on in any of the ideas out there as like I would say you have certain buildings and you assign of, warriors to them. It, that's an interesting idea. The, the closest that we have so far, I think is the river folk because they place yes. their warriors. Yeah. Yeah. They use them to craft and to take actions and stuff like that. But that, that's like a kind of abstract worker placement type of mechanic. And so many of them are kind of spent as a resource, less, placed as workers i mean they i know they're placed in boxes and stuff like that but they usually are expended in a lot of those situations right yeah they go back to the supply and then you get something on the board kind of makes it feel like more of a money economics thing which is what they should be they're they're the merchants um but i do see the similarity yeah totally but yeah like a worker placement twist would be really fun mm-hmm. yeah, assigning workers to different buildings that you have on the map or um yeah even on the faction board itself could be kind of cool i feel like the lizard element of kind of controlled randomness i guess it's not really random but like there's a there's a feeling of randomness to the discard deck that's always kind of tweaked with on purpose by certain people right but i feel like there could be an element to that as well um for another faction where maybe it's maybe it's a die roll uh, for what they can do on a turn but they can alter the die roll or something like that yeah roll and write faction yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's what Roll I want. Roll and ride faction. You get 70 faction sheets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd that's be down. so funny. I would love the Roll and Write faction, I think. 
I was thinking um, this is just such a minor uh, inspiration here, but what if one faction had specific battle dice? That like mm. had higher numbers on them or whatever. Well, see that this I was thinking about this, but like I feel like once you start to add in things that only your faction does, that's like a core system thing. Yes. I wonder if it wouldn't be allowed because like game philosophically, like if it's like you play with your own action deck or something like that, right, it feels yeah, like yeah. a little too, especially when it comes to battle dice because the odds are so baked in. Mm-hmm. And then variants of those odds. Like, it just changes the power of all uh, hit cards that augment or reduce. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. it's hard. Because I know that Cole has said, like, you can't just make a faction that's like your own little game. You have to make it an interactive part that will change yeah. the game for the other players, right? Yes, yeah. So... I do think that the extra battle dice or whatever, the higher battle dice, would be like, oh, we have to keep in mind that they could roll a five, but so could I. If it's like one through five. Oh. I was going to say, yeah, you like swap out the dice for the game in a That's way. That's like, really cool. Like yeah. one of the threes is a four and one of the zeros is like a one or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like more hits are being dealt on average. It could be interesting. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Maybe it's like a faction where... Uh, it just makes everybody like more bloodthirsty or something. Yeah. I keep thinking about like um, this like trick taking mechanic and like how to, how to work in some kind of like card uh, interactivity sort of thing. Like, yeah, I lead a suit. This. Like, they're suited cards. So, like, maybe use that to do something. <laughs> yeah. I think like if you just like reveal a suit and everyone has to reveal one of that suit or else something happens or you get an action or mm. something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also love the um, deception section of The Crows. And I feel like that's not, that's a broad genre that can be expanded upon. There's plenty of spying and subterfuge within the woodland, I'm sure, thematically. Totally. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I was thinking about as well is like some kind of faction that deals with like information warfare Mm -hmm. in -hmm. some kind of way. Not sure exactly what that would be, but to me, that feels like. That's an aspect of kind of war philosophically that could that <laughs> yeah. there's like room to explore in root somehow. I played um, a dice throne uh, character. I think it was I think it was Loki from the Marvel universe, and part of his mechanics are he whenever you hit him, he puts three cards down, and two of the cards are misses, and one of them are actually him. And but part of his rule is you get to choose which one to reveal, and if you hit him, obviously you, you get the damage. But he points to one. And says, this is actually it. <laughs> that's part of the rules. He has to point to one and tell you that's it. So he is forced to lie to you. And I love that of maybe bringing that in. It's like there's there's the liar or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this one this one faction piece always has to make a claim. And you have to like discern it. As opposed to a token's down and you have to figure out what it is. I do love that you have to read the person. Or the person has to write towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> Um, but the the primary kind of qualification for a good expansion faction, in my mind, is its interactivity. Yeah. And so I think that, like, the Marauder expansion did an amazing job mm-hmm. with this element specifically. And the fact that it's two red factions to kind of, like, keep that balance going. It just feels like both uh, the Keepers and the Lord of the Hundreds, you know, they interact with all of the other factions in a big way. And, and, yeah. and you really feel their impact when they're in the game. Maybe like a Rondell <laughs> faction. Like if you have a little Rondell 
and you can move your little piece a certain amount to get like a certain bonus. So like not all of them are able to be chosen at one given time or whatever. You know, a rondelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's like a wheel, right? Is is yeah. to define it. It's like you move as many spaces as X whatever X right. is. Yeah, maybe right? like and up then you, to three spaces. Right. And there's like 10 spaces or whatever. So. Moncala kind of has a rondelle element to Ooh, it, right? I take back mine. I want a Moncala <laughs> See, that's that's kind of cool. For those of you that don't know, it's like uh, there's beads in different like spokes of the wheel, and you can move the beads uh, a number of spaces that you have, but if you get the pairing of the colors, you can get bonuses, right? Oh, yeah, interesting. Or just even like if you get to recruit one per blue bead there mm. and then like you get to move up to whatever so you're trying to get your beads in the best spot yeah i feel like thematically these are like the the witches of the um <laughs> the woodland you know the bone casters or something like that <laughs> Ooh, I like yeah that. isn't there one that's like a possum like the, shaman faction yeah, the necropossums the necropossums <laughs> yeah 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 but they have more of like a wheel kind of thing right where you can like yeah, they Set do the, have like, kind of a rondelle thing mm-hmm. where it's yeah, it's like pointing at two spaces at once, right? Uh, and you can make it. And there's yeah. advantages and drawbacks with that, which is really kind of a cool. Like you have mm-hmm. to choose what what type of drawback goes with the advantage. It's awesome. What about uh, Tiny Turbo Monkey? He has a little uh, puzzle disc that you have to turn over, and before your daylight is over, you have to figure out your move and your. It's it's a programming you can't see. Yeah. I, we don't have funny. a real time root faction. <laughs> you know? Where's the like sand timer root faction? <laughs> yeah, that could be very cool. All I right. think, g- g- really quick, going to your uh, point, Kyle, about the, how the, the two new red factions in the game really affect the game. I think what I was thinking about with, with trying to build a new faction is you. I'm really enjoying the input of the big punchers. Especially like even in the core game with the birds and more especially recently with the warlord, they are designed to get in there and start swinging. Yeah. Which already makes the first turns way more exciting. Absolutely. And like we're always kind of a little bit like sighing when it's four turtley players playing four turtley factions, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the faction alone forces early interaction and aggressive interaction I think is going to be necessary to the new factions that are brought in we have enough i'm not saying we can't have insurgents or anything like that but they need to be incentivized to hurt i think others. yeah yeah i agree i Jake. would love to see like a motorcycle gang <laughs> hedgehog faction i think that'd be super tight like yeah so somebody that's just gonna go in and like cause some chaos and like is incentivized to just step on the gas you know what they're I mean? they're a hedgehog motorcycle club called the wolverines <laughs> voles of anarchy Ooh, hey. <laughs> that's pretty good all right so i agree with jake i think i think in my dream santa please bring me a root expansion would have two new factions one red one insurgent faction yeah totally that way we'd have a perfect six six getting up to 12 factions feels really good it's the magic number. It's the magic number. It's one of our magic numbers here. The <laughs> there's 27. There's well, I was going to say the next stop three, is 27. Four. So they better just like really nail it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So now th- those are kind of mechanically. I mean, we're not designers. You know, we're just kind of pitching some like game mechanics that might be left over for these factions. But what about thematically? 
both in terms of animal and um, like feudal government theme. Like, what's still on the table here? (laughs) If anybody just clips that part of the episode, (laughs) they'll have no idea what this podcast is about. Yeah, that's the that's the challenge for this episode is edit the audio for just that clip. I mean, I was watching a documentary in the background and it was talking about how beavers by rerouting rivers changed ecosystems. Mm. And I I think rerouting a river on a map is a little too much and I also think we already have a river faction and we don't need two, but it would be cool to have a faction that thematically could change routes or clearing access i yeah i've been really wanting i guess we're going back to mechanics here i think a little bit sorry i but no no i i realized that i had a couple too that i've been (laughs) thinking about i really want something in the game i don't care if it's a faction or whatever to be able to switch suits of clearings i think that would be delightful i think that's interesting yeah that feels uh, that feels super powerful in uh the fan map title flats uh there's a mechanic where one of the paths is like flooded and Mm -hmm. it's impassable Mm -hmm. and that has such a big impact on the game and it it makes the maps like even more replayable yeah um and so just even one path being kind of like altered or you know requiring a toll or something yeah has it just like it shakes up the game in a pretty big way like it can really isolate a clearing it can really you know it can change the flow of of everything so um a a faction that can impact the map like that would be kind of fun to me yeah we do have the uh hireling of the hedgehogs that or the porcupines that do impact the path the bandits the highway bandits but i also like those factions could just become full factions you know yeah. We don't have a pink faction yet. You know, it could be the hedgehogs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the paths and the clearing suits still have a lot of design space to be explored there. I think the the forests were like uh, pretty like, oh, only the vagabond goes in the forest. But luckily, uh, with the addition of the badgers really caring about forests and the exile uh, hireling. Uh, now we have a couple things that swinging care about from forest. the forest. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. theme. Yeah. Theme wise. So yeah, out. let's talk about theme. Uh, let's talk about old timey government structures. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one thing I think could be interesting to explore. Um, I I just recently watched a stream of John Company. Yes. And so some kind of faction that like. I mean, we already have our, like, commerce faction, Mm -hmm. sort of, that's, like, a mercenary thing. But it could be interesting if there's a faction that uh, really cared about, like, trying to exploit the resources of another faction or something like that. Mm. If If you could somehow, every time you battled away a warrior of a different faction, then they become part of, like, the economy that you're building on your board or something. Mm. What else? We don't have, I I guess we have a cult, but we don't yeah. have, yeah. We don't have, like, a pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I want, like, an oppressive theocracy. See, know? I was wondering about a government structure. So the the, the Revolutions podcast, Kyle, I uh, had a long car ride, and I listened to the first episode. Thank you for that. Yeah. And they're talking about how King Charles in the 1600, uh, 16th century, I think, 
had to deal with Parliament, and he was always like trying to get them to give him money, which is really <laughs> the purpose of Parliament back then. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. assemble all the lords with all the money and make them give me money. So I can give them titles and cool things so we can go fight wars in Europe. <laughs> but it'd yeah. be kind of cool to have like a mix of the tension of the the desp or the um, turmoil of the birds with like kind of the moods of the warlord and the hierarchy of the moles to have like a leader that has a number of people they can only keep happy at once, which are like the things they can do on that turn. Mm. And like maybe, and if they don't fulfill some of those people certain amount of times, they get angrier and maybe they get restrictions. So it's kind of like a mix of all of those things. It's like keeping Congress happy. Yeah. Ooh. Well, that could be kind of a toggle thing, right? Like it's like either Parliament's in control or the monarch is in control. <laughs> and like you have different, there's like two columns on the player board. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of funny. Or a two, or yeah, or a two-party system where like either the the warmongers are in control or the economic powerhouses. The, are. There's there's a kind of adjacent concept too of like a civil war type faction that is kind of split into two segments, <laughs> and that you know like they kind of in order using... to battle, you must battle your own pieces first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or there's like something about that conflict that like you there's like a slider or something that like yeah. whatever side is like prevailing like you use those pieces or whatever i want two score markers for a, a civil war faction i do <laughs> i want uh, yeah and like i don't know maybe there's like a thing where it's like you move them one space towards each other each turn or something and you got to get them both up to 30 i don't know i also feel like the economic themes have only barely been explored with the otters now the cards are kind of their own th- economy that you can't really like let another faction also be a card buying opportunity right but you could kind of going back to your die rolling idea have someone who gives like a variance on mercenaries instead of actual warriors maybe it's hits or can prevent hits and sell those tokens to people that they can expend or something like Mm -hmm. that something that other alters effects of the game or provides moves even like pretty much selling benefits to other players Mm mm-hmm yeah, selling benefits to other players is an interesting idea. Like, what if what if it was a faction where, like, there was, like, little either promissory note type mm-hmm. deals mm. or, like, contracts or something that you could... Promissory like, notes are a great idea. Yeah, yeah. That could be kind of fun. Especially if there's, like, some secrecy involved of, like, you don't... It's not public information what the terms of the deal were. Yeah. Um, oh, I love I cool. love the idea of a support for the throne card, because if you attack their pieces, you have to get it back and lose the points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very fun. Um, it, of course, that is ripped straight from TI, but I, I think yeah. that's a fun idea, and that's a, a nice, like, political table talk space that <laughs> yeah. could be but. fun to engage with. Speaking of, like, even just, like, having a parliament where it's like, oh, I can pass laws for the game. You know what I mean? And, like, global effects. Global effects could be a fun, like, just straight up mechanic. Yeah. uh, From an expansion, right? Just, like, a series of cards that, like, applies, you know, uh, global effects. Like, I I don't know. I think that could be kind of fun. Yeah. A A law comes up. Everyone secretly bids an amount of victory points. And the, a, um, and a the, the max number of warriors that could that each faction is allowed to have in clearings. Right, right. And so then you're like, well, I really that's really important to me. So I'll bid three victory points, you know. And then everyone reveals, and whoever you know, <laughs> that's um, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. 
Or maybe you want to do it publicly because then you have a lot of table talk opportunities there. <laughs> of like, this is important to me. What do you need? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. Okay. So, uh, how about the animals? <laughs> you know, what animals are we hoping to see? And we only get two more, you know, proper factions if, if our Santa is listening. Something nocturnal. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, we only have like a possum and. The Woodland yeah. Alliance, I guess, sort of in general. They take evening right. actions. Right. But I feel like they're staying up late to do that. They're not like naturally up. Yeah. they also get up really early in the morning to do some bombs. Right, right. Well, it's because they stayed up late the night before. It's the, it uh, is really, it's just from the night before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 4 a.m. when that happened, which is really the night before. Um, or like something like the forest itself, you know? <laughs> okay, Spirit Island boy. <laughs> yeah, it is Spirit Island, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of fun. That's kind of I am the essence of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that like... Uh, I do want a mechanic where it's like similar to Spirit Island where there's like a gather and a push. Like if I can mm. choose a clearing and then gather one from each adjacent clearing in. I think one of the hirelings works like that actually. Push um, is intense because moving other people's pieces for them is bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if it's just like a scatter kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like you choose a clearing and then everyone has to move their pieces to adjacent clearings. They decide where. Yeah. Gather and scatter. Yeah, I like this. Well, there, yeah, that could be a, a faction that just scares people. Mm-hmm. They're like the they, it's they're called like the ghosts of the forest, but they're just people in in yeah <laughs> in dark clothing out in the in the between the they're trees goth making teenagers. noises. Teenagers, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all have a bunch of eyeliner on in their pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, like they also force movement, and then forever, however many people they scare out or whatever, they can gain victory points of certain thresholds, maybe. Mm-hmm. That also forces conflict in other places. Yeah. I mean, scatter, you know, if if scatter means take all of their pieces and move them to adjacent clearings, that's kind of the most powerful thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, that'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah, it might have to be like any number or just one. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe your scatter or gather gets higher. If it's like scatter three, then you choose three and then move ooh, them to adjacent. Yeah. Right. I mean, to be fair, like one of these factions has remove all enemy pieces as one of their abilities so like it is a powerful ability but it probably is not just easy to do yeah but you can prevent whenever someone yes. can blow something yeah. up you have you can see it coming yeah that's true yeah yeah so you know we're not we're not trying to like polish it off here we're just <laughs> we're just brainstorming just brainstorm. uh also like you know a wolf are we gonna do a wolf I feel a like wolf's it's a big too big yeah there's a wolf vagabond yeah, yeah, but that's also, like, from the first... That's from the base game, and we've kind of dialed in the, like, scale of critter since then. <laughs> okay, okay. He's also, like, a puppy. Yeah. Skunks. Yeah. I want a skunk. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, like, skunk would be a good scatter. Oh, yeah. Animal. Yeah, and I know a lot of these have been used in uh, people's awesome weird There is factions. a really good skunk, like, cannonball... Yes. <laughs> ...faction, uh, fan faction, which is, like, really fun. Uh, and that actually has a mechanic that I think would be cool. Where it's like if you move into a clearing where the like skunk has sprayed, you get to just move an extra clearing, mm. <laughs> and so it creates this kind of like that's people fun. start to like zoom around the map a lot more. Oh, that's cool. So, oh, yeah, that's the other mechanic I had, we had missed was like endless movement a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not, not literally like, endless, but like it's a train that stops when it 
can. <laughs> like, it, it can't necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Or they yeah. even roll for additional movement or something like they that. They build can... tracks and clearings, and it means that they can, like, move, zoom around. Yeah, it's like squirrels on the, the treetop branches, right? And so they can scamper between forests as well or something like oh, that. Oh, fun. Wow. This isn't, like, for a faction, but maybe for, like, the expansion, you could add, like, pets, you know? Like, little <laughs> bugs. <laughs> I love bug pets. is really cute. Yeah. But it was just humans. <laughs> You've got Gary. <laughs> Gary's OP. Um, okay, so it's it's a thing you add where it's actually just a second level of of the map with additional clearings in the treetops. Ooh, it's yes. like a, a thing you like set on top of the map, and it's like it's like a different plane. There was uh, Patrick Leader did send out a prototype he had of I think it was called the tunnel map. Where it was four clearings on top of each other. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. Like there was an adjacent clearing going from each one. Yeah, each, yeah. Each clearing had, or no, each tile had three clearings in it. Right, and they sort of connected up by yeah. like ladder or something, and you yeah. could kind of go from tier to tier. Yeah, and it seemed um, awesome. But I yeah. think he was like, "This isn't actually a good thing to play a game on." Which kind of makes it was sense. linear like, too. What is it linear too? Like um, they all they one connected only to the other. Right. I th- yes. Think yeah. I think it was staged like a like a wedding cake. You could just go from one to the next level, and then yeah. it would be an additional move to get all the way down, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, but there was a river, a waterfall going through it, so the river folk could scurry up Zip the waterfall around. i guess yeah. it's a cool idea i think like maybe with some development a map like that could totally be functional mm-hmm. um could be pretty interesting all right so since we're talking about it we're kind of done with animals i guess um uh let's talk about the eight crazy nights of new root content for this expansion okay <laughs> Try, trying to get my my hanukkah in there all right uh, so we've got eight things that we want to see in this new expansion. We've we've already been talking about the factions. That's number one. And now we're on to a new map. Okay? A new double-sided map. So two new maps. I feel like that's an easy enough thing to throw in there. And I think that map variety is is very important in Root. I think it's it just makes things interesting, and it doesn't feel like it is in danger of throwing anything about the game off balance in a major way. As long as those maps are somewhat considered, right? Like they, they're great. The two newest maps kind of were the precursor to the landmarks too, right? Because they had two of the landmarks in them. They was kind of like, it wasn't just that they were different in their pathing, like winter and autumn were it's that they were different in their pathing and had like a whole new mechanic added into them as well. So presumably uh, these maps will as well either have their own landmark or have like a something like it. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, a special that. rule. I mean, a even if rule. you take yeah. the landmarks away, um, there's still the covered paths on the mountain map, which is a unique rule to that map. And then the lake map has the lake, which is basically four rivers intersecting all at once for purposes of movement what about like an island or something where the water source the river quote unquote is around the edge of the map not necessarily touching every clearing maybe there's some coastal clearings thing that connects to the mainland yeah yeah but like there's coastal clearings as as long as it allows i mean 
if they're connected, it gives the otters insano mobility, but it gives them a mobility on the outside of the map, yes. which, is which I think is really dynamic. Cool. Yeah. yeah, there's a uh, I believe there's a French fan map. Is it French or is it Australian? I can't remember actually right now. The archipelago. I think there's two island fan maps that I've seen. One is French and the other is Australian. <laughs> oh, the one of them's just Australia, right? Yeah, right. Um, and those are pretty cool. I, th- I think that yeah. would actually be an awesome concept for a new a new map. I-, I also would love to see a map that is kind of akin to the winter map in that it's extremely balanced mm-hmm. and that there's no... It's, yeah, it's just like a, a really balanced map for kind of more competitive play, I think. Because uh, right now it does feel like winter map is the most... Uh, it hurts everybody the most mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so no one gets like a crazy advantage by by choosing winter map. Uh, it's the most level, I would say, of all the yeah. maps. Autumn map is second, I would think, uh, in second place right now. But even then, that's like the, the clearings are so connected that it gives a big boost mm-hmm. to factions like the Woodland Alliance or uh, to with the Badgers, for example, mm-hmm. do, do well in Autumn. Um, so another map that is akin to the winter map in terms of its leveling kind of ability. Yeah, I like that. Um, so what a about... cookie one and a standard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was, uh, for a while, Patrick Leader was talking about like maybe having like a 15 clearing map or yeah, just an yeah. extra clearing map for like the higher player counts. I think that would be cool. I since feel like five player root on a 12 clearing map is really great. Um, yeah. So I feel like it would only be for six player and then it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would be long. Uh, but maybe like a 10 clearing map for three player would be really good. I'm already claustrophobic yeah. in this game sometimes. For three player? <laughs> yeah. Okay. For three player, sure. Yeah. And then uh, also there was talk for a while of having like a modular board where it's like you'd have like three or four or five pieces that had some clearings on them that could connect in different ways, almost like uh, how Spirit Islands board Mm, works or Inish. Um, Yeah, I thought that that could be really interesting too because then you could have all these different map configurations. I mean, Twilight Imperium... Jake and I played a game of Twilight Imperium not too long ago, and it took us like an hour to set up the map because you're like, okay, hold on. How many resources and influence do they have, and do they have access to tech skips, and how far are they away from Mechatol Rex? And I was like, there's so many things that you need to balance. Well, it was also especially crazy because it was a seven-player map, which is yes, just <laughs> yes, seizure-inducing. Uh, it was great. Uh, yeah, so like a modular map maybe is something uh, we That's a great hope idea. for, too. I would love to see a map... That uh, functions like Pac-Man, where you can leave one side of the map and go in the other. <laughs> yes, I think Wrap that would be around cool. map. Yeah, yeah, that could, that could be interesting. I That's think that'd a be great fun. idea. That is a great <laughs> idea. Everyone would forget about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think it would it would lead to such cool like tactical moments, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like nowhere to hide, mm-hmm. which I think is fun. I think that's cool thematically what's going on with that is that the entire world like how does it they've colonized a very small moon (laughs) (laughs) i guess it could be like a tunnel like a secret passage like clue or something yeah okay this one goes to the conservatory (laughs) yeah it could be a thing where you like have to spend a card to open it in the first place or something like it yes it's not 
it's not active right away. I love that. Could be fun. Uh, it's just a really tall water slide. You gotta mm-hmm. pay to get to the top, and then you just slide all the way down. Ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. So what if um, kind of adding like I know that there's been a map that added like exploration in terms of like the suits of the clearings. I think it was the the wilds map, the wilderness map. The wilderness. Yeah. Is that what it is? Um, where you the clearings start out with no suits and you have to like go to them and like decide what they're going to be. Yeah, then you flip over the clearing tile and you sort of discover the uh, the, the clearing suit and some other things. There's kind of a fog of war yeah. kind of mechanic built into it, which is really cool. I think that's interesting. Uh, but you could do it really simply too with just like little tokens just to have like the first time somebody goes into a clearing, moves into a clearing because obviously people, you know, if the cats are in the game, they're starting everywhere. So it's like the first time somebody moves into the clearing, you like look at the token and maybe it means you get to draw a card or maybe it means you get like a re-roll of the dice anytime you want to use later or like these just little like benefits for exploration i don't know if we need it but something i thought that's kind of fun yeah no i like it yeah that feels very gamey and like cool especially you get a little chip that you can cash in at some point Mm -hmm. very cool okay so then let's talk about i want a third and final root deck for me the base deck is fine uh the enp deck is great and i want another option other than being like you guys want to play with the one we always play with, or do we want to change it up and play with the worst deck? You know, I want a third option to just be like, or this other one. Yeah. And people are like, oh, but that one has all the ghost cards in it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know there's been a lot of movement on some great fan decks. Every time I see a fan made card, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I just want, honestly, I could do with more than one root deck. Uh, in this expansion, yeah. if yeah. but I, I'm trying to be realistic. You know? That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> some design space that could be explored is like cards that are multiple suits. I know we have bird suit Ooh. or whatever, but it's like oh. this is a rabbit slash fox card, like an alliance card, yeah, like a slash card, and it's got you can flip it upside down or whatever. Ooh. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, th- th- there's some interesting fan ideas for decks as well the master deck i know uh, marcus yeah. the cat's been working on but that just kind of combines the best the greatest hits of yeah. base deck and enp uh there's the dark deck that yes. is sort of like a evil twist um and has some really cool like artifact I... uh, things going on in it which i really love like a cursed book mm-hmm. <laughs> super fun um well yeah what are some of like, the kind of themes that we could explore for a new deck because feel... Exiles and Partisans has a really strong theme, right? It's like certain representatives of the factions mm-hmm. le- are kicked out or like leave, and then they offer those abilities of the factions to everyone else through the medium of cards. It's like a great concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think for, for like, a new deck? What about the Peace and Prosperity deck? Okay. It's like a bunch of just like economic gains. and Yeah, like... you can't attack on your turn... But you get to draw an extra card in yeah. evening, and any buildings you build give you an extra point or something like that. Like, Yeah, like something where it's like, well, I don't want to discourage battling, I guess. Yeah, but maybe. Like, well, I think you have to battle, so it's like your battle results, your hits are always zero. <laughs> so, like, you still have to fulfill your decree and stuff like that. But that also doesn't seem like much of a trade-off. I guess the thing is, is like, <laughs> I kind of like that. I, I understand what you're saying. If it, they're all economic... Does that mean there's nothing that encourages 
warfare in there. No, we definitely need things that encourage battling. Right. This is a war game, right? Right, yeah. Um, so maybe it is like when you battle, you get, you know, extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there would also be like defensive stuff in there for keeping the peace. But I love the idea of like an explosion of riches too. I think like it might not be the deck. I still think maybe ENP is the deck that people choose to host tournaments with. But I just like uh, some variety because the base deck has simple things that are very expensive. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I'd love um, some like wacky things that are really cheap. And then ENP would be in the middle, you know. Right. I feel like coming up with a, a new deck is going to be challenging, but yeah, really, really worth it and could change the game in some fun ways. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about like a new item or something? Oh, that'd be hard. Because that's to incorporate everybody that uses it. Right. But but to your point though, with your card idea of having multiple suits, items could have multiple symbols. Like uh, <laughs> a tea bag, it's either a bag or a root tea. Tea uh, bag, yeah. Uh, a shoe with a knife in it. Yeah, to- yeah. A boot with a knife in it. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, coins that are actually ninja stars. So it could yeah. be either a sword or a coin. Absolutely, yeah. A crossbow that fires tea into your mouth. <laughs> Uh, it's a bag that you could hammer with (laughs) it's a it's a steel bag (laughs) it's just a safe (laughs) i don't think you can add in a new item just because of the maps having the item symbols there like locked Uh, in yeah yeah for sure for sure uh but there is a club with the exile so right but that that the home for the club is the card that's true. I kind of like the idea of also like crafting in this game is so specific to w- what you got out there. It'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool for a global benefit of like maybe a card or something that when you craft it, it is a crafter. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's yeah, an economic yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, really cool. That speaks to prosperity. Um, yeah. My money's a- making money. Yeah. <laughs> the finance sector. Yeah. <laughs> I think the hard rule of a five hand, five card hand limit could be broken in. Oh, you can craft an improvement that gives you maybe a, extra maybe six. Hand. Like I wouldn't give them too much or unlimited or anything like right, that. Right. But you know, just a little bit, just an edge. Yeah, that could be a really fun crafted improvement. It's like when once you've crafted this thing, at the end of your turn, draw one card and place it face down on this card, and then during your next bird song, you get to like put it into your hand. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, well, see, I thought what you were going to say was that if it's there, it's considered in your hand, but it can't be altered by hand-altering effects. Like, it's a protected card or something like that. Yeah, I guess that would that would have the same kind of impact. Yeah. I, I was just thinking that it's like, it's an extra card in your hand, but you just don't get to know what it is until... That's fun. Until your next turn. Oh, that's fun. I do think, I just figured out, if you want to add more items, right, with this deck, the deck just comes with like a little, like, one-by-one one by two little thing for the two new items that you're adding to the market. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the vagabond uh, just doesn't have an action with them. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, you can't cut the vagabond out of it. Can you? Well, it could be a specific type of, of item that doesn't grant actions. It grants some kind of benefit. Yeah. Right. So like it would still go in the satchel and it would still go in the port, I guess. Mm-hmm. For the Lord of the Hundreds, 
Well, there wouldn't be a slot for that in Lord of the Hunters. That could be No, it would be good. You, you get to put it anywhere. It's wild for things. So if you... Right, so it's a crown, let's say, for this prosperity. <laughs> okay, thing, right? okay. Um, you put the crown, if you're uh, the rats, you can just put it in either your horde or your thing, and it's not killing a mood. It's really good. As the warlord, you want the crown, right? Yeah, I think that's that's cool. That's and then as that, the vagabond, you could one. put it in like one of your uh, bag, tea, or coin slots to give oh, you okay. an extra one of those benefits. You just can't take an action with it, right? Right, right, I see. Or, yeah, or you could just be like, crowns are a wild item. They count as all items, you know? Jeez. You know. Whoa. It's cool. That's amazing. That's that's crazy good. <laughs> I also think that like cards that are double edged is something that I would love to see more of as well. It's like it gives you a great advantage, but it comes with a drawback. Mm-hmm. It's like when you craft this, um, choose and destroy two of your warriors on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to like draw two cards immediately or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. It's like a really great benefit, but then also like a big drawback. I guess for some factions they wouldn't really care about that, but well, that's yeah, fine. Just stuff that like alliance hurts would be like no problem in the first turn. Actually, though, yeah, like that'd be great for them if they were yeah. able to craft it. Um, yeah, stuff stuff that like hurts you and helps you. Yeah, that could be kind of interesting because I feel like in in real life politics and kind of war, there's just always these trade offs that you're trying to make, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, I could like gather my forces to like push an attack but that means that i'm leaving an area undefended mm-hmm. like or i could um i don't know try and pay somebody to get dirt on my political opponent but like that's a big risk and right. i just like there's a lot of like trade-offs in in the real world and i think encapsulating that in in a deck of cards would be like kind of interesting yeah i like the idea of like prosperity and like high cost like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that could be very, very cool. Anything else on what we'd want to see in a new deck? I really like the double-suited card idea. Any um, any other, like, instant effects? Like, I know we have ambushes. Yeah. And I think that's the only yeah type of card that you can play straight from your hand in a situation. Um, I don't want to mess with, like, any kind of, like, counterspell world. I think that's, right. like, just a little too controlly. Or, like, it pushes the game in, like, a weird direction. Yeah, yeah gets a little over focused on like hand threats but i think like some, something else that you could play instantly from your hand could be kind of interesting i think like like halting someone's movement like when someone enters a clearing with one of your warriors you can play the card and that players can not no longer move any of the warriors in that clearing mm, yeah interesting yeah stuck in the mud mm-hmm or just like, hold on, we're going to need to see some identification. And like, oh, this is going to take a while. You know? Yeah, checkpoint. Yeah, checkpoint. Yeah, exactly. Thematically, what is happening? The batchers roll through three guys deep. They're like, yeah. we're about to pull this tablet. They're like, hold on, sir. <laughs> Do you have paperwork to dig around these parts? I think that could just be a crafted improvement that you discard. Like, yeah. when somebody enters a clearing with your pieces, you can choose to discard this. Like, those... Warriors can't move That's anymore funny. this turn. Yeah. Wow. That would like be very disruptive. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that especially we... for a faction like the, the otters or yeah, the badgers, it would really mess with them. The warlord. Oh. The birds. The birds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Turmoil city. <laughs> All right. Well, the fourth thing on my eight 
nights of new root content list. <laughs> Did we set up this convention at the beginning? No, it's eight of, nights of new root content. It's eight nights of new root content. On the first night, we got two <laughs> new factions. Second, we got a map. Uh, third, we got a new deck. Fourth, we're getting new hirelings. Obviously, yeah. we want the hireling equivalent for the two new factions. Right. And, and then one extra one of the pink ones. You know, Absolutely. One, yeah. one just like for fun. Uh, we, we've been just spitballing uh, kind of mechanical ideas here, so I don't think we need to spend too long on what the hirelings could be. But is there anything uh, from the hireling portion of the game that you all feel like we, you want to see more of or anything like that? I mean, just like what you were saying, like something that deals with the paths... Because that design space has more more room in it, like a pink mm-hmm. faction that deals with the paths is uh, could be interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Don't know exactly what that would be, but like maybe it lets you skip over a clearing or it's like zip line tourist guide or whatever. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this today. <laughs> zip line tourist about- guide. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna have a great time. Make sure your helmets are nice and tight. <laughs> How does the vagabond hirelings? We've covered them. How do they not grant you? access to move through the forest yeah like, yeah it feels like that's exactly in in the world of root if you were like a part of a faction and needed to get through the forest you would hire a vagabond to lead your group through i just think that like there could be issues though if like your pieces move into a forest and then you lose control of the hireling are they just trapped there forever now yeah i think it's like you move through the through. Por- forest as if it were a path oh wow i mean that's kind of just insanely good right yeah yeah. Maybe it's like once per turn. Yeah. You may move through a forest as though it were a path. Yeah. Still, that's like Or if you put the like good. hirelings in the forest and then you can move through It's those like a travel ones. guide. Yeah, a yeah. local guide. Yeah, local you, guide. You take the piece and you place it in a forest. Now that forest acts like a path for your warriors. He attaches yes. one end of the zip line to one clearing and the <laughs> yeah. other end to like the other. <laughs> exactly. Okay, there we go. New hireling. Side yep. one. Made it. Great. And side two is draw seven cards. Okay. <laughs> side we two go. is you may tr- you may <laughs> treat clearings on opposite side of the maps as adjacent. Oh, oh that's the wraparound. Yeah. That's it how we wrap get the wraparounds. Wrap yeah. Oh, very yeah. cool. The wombat that's wizard. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also just a zip line, though, right? <laughs> but he calls <laughs> himself the wombat wizard. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. look at this. Look at this. He dangles something, and then he hits you on the head, puts you in a sack, and they actually just wheelbarrow you to the clearing and then they're like super fast wow look yeah, you teleported yeah. here <laughs> do i have a new tattoo now <laughs> the art is just him wheelbarrowing unconscious warriors across the forest <laughs> <laughs> could see a really cute lizard with a little tongue out okay on the fifth night of root, new root content i would like a new wackier landmark pack i think we can push the landmarks especially i think that the landmarks could just be wilder. The wildest one is the Lost City, and it's by far the best. Yeah. Okay, here's an idea for one. So yeah. it's a torch. Okay. <laughs> and the torch starts in a corner clearing. And if you can carry it to the opposite corner, you gain like five points or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if your time... warriors get battled at any point, it switches to whoever battled your warriors. I think it's got to go back. Because it's got to be like the full journey. You have to yeah, do the full yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, that could be awesome. <laughs> just another like a... part of the game that the lizards won't be good at, but that's fine. <laughs> sure, yeah. Just add a football into the game. Yeah. Um, love that. I do know that w- there was a fan landmark uh, called Fan Marks um, <laughs> uh, that was, there were two pieces. There was a soccer ball and a goal. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> had yeah. to move the soccer ball into the goal, which I mm-hmm. thought was really fun. Um, but yeah, same I, idea. I, I I want I want stuff like that, like little challenges that really change up the map. You know, none of the landmarks really have drawbacks, do they? None of them are like entering the space does a thing. So like, what if there's like I don't know a disaster space where having pieces at the end of the turn there maybe like you lose a point but you rescued someone who's there so you draw an extra card or something like that and even though that benefit is actually not that great compared to losing a point there's the benefit of you get to be in a clearing that you might be logistically needing elsewhere and other players are not incentivized to stay in there interesting and without like move around or just stick around i don't think so but yeah moving around is also a whole nother thing like maybe it's got a mob die that kind of it some kind of hot potato yeah landmark would be kind of a, fun. a cloud of stink the storm yeah <laughs> yeah that that i love the idea of a, a landmark that might move that's mm-hmm. cool maybe even like this is getting really this is a total variant here but like if each person has like a landmark that they're that's their like stronghold or something i mean i guess we already have something called a stronghold but like a castle um, yeah that like you got to protect or something. I was I was thinking something along those lines, but it's like a fort and it's only mm-hmm. one landmark. But when you it's kind of the better elder treetop, it like it takes two hits to be destroyed or something mm-hmm. or it rolls back attacks. It acts as a warrior, too. Oh, you know, so it can't be defenseless. It is its own fortification. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, landmarks can't be battled, um, but. This no, like but the cool. building, like like with Elder Treetop, the building inside of it could yes. be. So yes. it, it takes up one of those slots, essentially. Yeah, I, I agree. I think something like that could be great. Um, some kind of like hydroelectric <laughs> dam. Uh-huh. Um, could be a cool landmark. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to say hydroelectric dam. <laughs> You're welcome to say no, that I... at any point, but you have nothing <laughs> else you. with Thank this you. idea. Thank you, I appreciate the permission. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it does, but uh, that'd be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, love that. Anytime a otter moves through it, the otter's destroyed, but generates two funds. <laughs> um, or I was gonna say, like, if you have a crafting piece there, it gives you two crafting power. Ooh, or that's a fun one. If you build something there, you get to draw a card. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be interesting. I like or that. it just like it turbocharges the river, so you can like. If you can move along the river, you get to move to any river space. If all <laughs> river clearings are adjacent. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. It doesn't really help on the lake map at all, I guess. Huh? You're right. It's weird. Well, it makes sense. There's not like a stream uh, making the dam. You know, right? Not, like, right. Powering right, the right. Dam, no, there's so it a, there's a hydroelectric dam turbocharging the water, as you would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go in, if you uh, travel into a clearing with a river, you just get immediately electrocuted. <laughs> Who turbocharged this river? <laughs> Sir, do you have a permit to turbocharge that river? I'm going to play this reaction from my hand. What happened in this game? <laughs> we ruined it. They listened to us and we ruined it. <laughs> the beginning of this episode was our hope they'd listen to it. By the end of the episode, we're like, I hope they did not listen. Oh, I hope not. No, they are very good at designing this game. We've had very little success in that <laughs> respect. 
Anything else on wacky landmarks other than turbocharging <laughs> like we, a river? We, we got it. We really knocked it out of the park on, in terms of wackiness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of like playable landmarks, I don't know if we got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I like the know. fort one. That was my favorite. The fort one sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. Now we're really coming in to the part of the this expansion where we're trying to add something new, right? Because all these other things are things we've seen before. We just want more of them. But uh, the next uh, three ideas would be uh, a new content to root that we hadn't seen in a previous expansion. So the first, and this is the sixth night of new root content. Um, we had brainstormed this on the pod before, and I believe it came from one of our listeners, is like some kind of chronicle scenario type system where... You play a game of Root, and the way it ends impacts the way you set up the next game. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the most, like, here it is on a plate. It's a Cole Whirly game. <laughs> we need some kind of big mechanic to shake things up. Add a Chronicle. It's yeah. it's so just, like, it clicks so effortlessly, I think, in Root. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times Root games aren't, the longest in the world so it could be totally conceivable to like get a second one in that's impacted by the first Mm -hmm. and um yeah i just think it does kind of bring us back to that like storytelling kind of like political allegory world that Mm -hmm. where the games are are so great at um yeah, and you you mentioned Second Wave. Is that a Spirit Island reference? Yeah, in Spirit Island, there's a scenario you do where you play a game of Spirit Island, and then if you win, you get to keep one of the power cards that you accumulated over that game. Uh, and then, yeah. like, the invaders start a little closer to the ocean uh, as they come in for a second wave. Right, um, right. So, yeah, I, and I think it could be cool, like, if you win, then other people are going to get some kind of, like, little bump but maybe you get fourth seat and get to choose kind of how things get set up or yeah. maybe certain factions have certain, you know, different setups if they're the winner or the loser of the previous game or whatever. I feel like all the losers of the previous game are automatically the hirelings of the next game. Yeah. That's cool. those factions. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I do like that. So that's they can't cool. be drafted. In- that's right. really cool. So, the yeah, and the, the winner has to stay that faction. Yeah, absolutely, they have to stay that faction. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. And yeah, I guess they would get to set up first. It's kind of like the chancellor sort of idea. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I think like the system would be the first to two wins, wins. So the chronicle could be anywhere yeah. between two and five games. Right, 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 right. Just depending. I like that because it puts the pressure for them to take out the previous winner to kingslay for sure yeah 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 you're just expanding like the idea of like hey they're getting too far ahead to like over the course of many games which is something that kyle and i kind of did when we did our what we call it root league root league yeah that's right where we each played at the time all of the eight factions in games and all of the matchups were unique um but it led to the fact where it's like oh they've won two games so we can't let them win another game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. very was kind interesting. of a meta awareness going on there. And it actually led to some pretty fascinating table talk situations where it was like, okay, well, do I make a deal with the person who's going to win if they win the game because I think I can beat them mm-hmm. uh, because everyone else is just trashing them right now and, like, they need an ally and I can be that person, but mm-hmm. will they win if I help them? 
yeah, it led to some pretty interesting, like, strange bedfellows type situations, <laughs> which um, I feel like that's a very real world. Yeah, absolutely like, it is. Political story as well, which is super fun. Yeah. Do love this idea. I think what I would love to see particularly is some kind of board memory, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit. Although, I guess if you change maps, it gets a little bit tricky. It feels like the winner, like, if they're an insurgent faction, they have to have some element to them that makes them not that anymore because they won. Like, they they need to be read by nature, almost, by being the leader of the If next they one. take over. Right. Mm-hmm. So that kind of right because like, if it's the Woodland Alliance and they win and then they're still the Woodland Alliance, it's like are they still rebelling? Right, like, that's that doesn't weird. make the story. I mean, not that I'm saying they need to play a different faction, but like maybe they start with the base. That's that's their advantage, and it's crazy to give them that. But they, I don't know, they have to start established, right? If they won the yeah. previous game, that that's goes for where everybody. The thematics kind of break down, but it is. It's a problem. No, no, no. If you win, but... you always become the cats. I think that's <laughs> a little that bit sucks. like you do. You have a weird presence or something like that. Maybe like, maybe it's balanced though. It's like I know we don't. We it's sacrosanct to say that the alliance start with a base or whatever. But like maybe they don't have supporters starting out as a result or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's then it's a balanced game, but. If you cash in all their support. I think you guys are hitting maybe why this hasn't gone forward in the past is because it's like the factions are set up like they're their own scenario, right? Like the Woodland Alliance, like we're pointing out, is never like in control. So if they win, um, I think you just have to be like, and this is the next time. Because in Oath, it's like you when you win, you're the chancellor. And then we cut to the next time you would be challenged as the chancellor. Right. right. Which could be a generation later. It could right. be a year later. It could be right. 500 so, years later. So maybe it's, you know, you could kind of make it thematically like this is the next time that a rebellion needed to happen is that these other factions had started to creep into the picture. Sure, sure. You know, um, but yeah, yeah. And so then I guess the advantage would be like you stay the same faction set up first. Mm hmm. Like Ooh, there you go. Stuff That's fun. First, like you, you are setting the trend that everyone else kind of has to respond to. Yeah, could be interesting. All right, on our seventh night of new root content, uh, I just kind of brainstormed this. I called it a commander variant. Um, I would like uh, each faction to get one or up to three custom meeples that would be like your commander. And uh, each one of those would have a particular card that gives a benefit to uh, your faction in that clearing that the commander is in. Absolutely. And they're like slightly larger size meeples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's basically (laughs) warlordifying the rest of the faction. So it might take away from the warlord specialness. But and like the Eerie have leaders as well. Um, But I just like the idea of like being able to deal with it and they wouldn't be so yeah. integral to your faction where they couldn't be removed outside of battle or whatever the warlord needs to be yeah they could just be killed <laughs> like you'd always target somebody's commander you know um and then it's like you have to discard a card to like get your commander and i don't know if they're one and done or whatever but i like the idea of having sp- like new units i love that yeah this makes me think of um mech mecha suit guys and the new TI. Yeah, the mechs, yeah. The mechs, yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like a little bit of a powered up thing, gives you some kind of benefit in your clearing. I think mm-hmm. that's extra cool. Yeah. Well, TI also has like heroes, commanders, and agents now, which are yeah. like three specific to each faction, which do super powerful things. 
Yeah. So it's kind of similar to that too. The um, the idea of adding in like that for every faction is big. Yeah. Because it definitely plays with all of their mechanics, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it could be cool. We, you know, we'd have something else to talk about, like, oh, but the, uh, you know, the lizard commander, like, allows them to move in battle or something where you're yeah. like, oh, that guy's really important. Or, um, yeah, and I just want more meeples for the factions, too. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For lizards, it could just be, like, spend one acolyte. You may move and then may battle using your commander. Yeah. Yeah. He's just named the hater. <laughs> the high priest. Or something. I just want another kind of unit. Because it's like, it's warriors or it's cardboard. You know? Yeah, I, I get that. Some kind of special unit that affects a clearing that it's in could be cool. Uh, all right. And on our eighth and final night of new root content. You know, I thought we'd had an idea that made it last one night. Maybe the ideas could have lasted two or three nights at most but this new expansion idea lasted for eight nights folks and that's because we're talking about a fifth dominance card <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Okay. all right this is the best <laughs> yeah so uh it's a fifth dominance card it has all three of the card backs so you add it into the deck so the deck gets one card bigger okay or maybe it replaces bird dominance. I don't know. But we want this to be a viable way to win the game. Yes. Here, Here's what it is. Okay. Heart of the Forest. Yes. Take your score marker off of the score track and place it in a forest. If you control three clearings at the start of your turn adjacent to that forest, you win the game. Yeah. If you control all the clearings. Yeah. Or three. Yeah. It's probably three. I... I can't believe you did it. <laughs> First try. <laughs> that is obviously more viable uh, because that's basically what we're talking about in a dream dominant scenario. Randomized clearings. You got three right <laughs> next to each other. Three right next to you, each other. Yeah. And, you, and they're in a corner and you can defend them. That's what you would be able to do. Heart yeah. of the woodland. And it, it pretty much wouldn't usually be like all edge clearings except on winter map. Right. Right. You could do it with all edge clearings. But for the most part, it's like you would have two edge clearings and then something more towards the middle. Right. There we go. There, I can't believe you good. did that. Yeah, that Any really other fast. ideas for yeah. a fifth dominance? Jake and I just were like, what if there was a fifth dominance card and it was good and then you designed it? That's great. Yeah. Do you think Cole's going to make it this far in the podcast? <laughs> what suit is it? Ooh, good question. Is it bird? Um, it, it's bird. It replaces I guess bird. it would have to be a bird card. Is there um, any reason a... why you could, why I'm trying to think of the difference between if a card is a bird suit versus fox, mouse, and rabbit? Um, it should be a fox suit. There's already an extra fox, though. Th it should be the extra fox card. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So you're taking a card out? Oh, I'm just saying that it would be a fox suit occupying that extra slot. Got it. So that. Yeah, there would there would still be an extra fox heart, but it would be like there's two dominances right. in the fox suit now. Okay, that's maybe a dumb idea because it doesn't feel like the forest is particularly fox foxy suited. It's, it's like, bird. It, it's bird, it's I bird. guess. It's yeah, bird. yeah. Or maybe it's uh, yeah, it's all three suits. You know, just just so lizards could use it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I'm just trying to look out. We're just trying to look out for my little lizzies. Wow, that would be amazing because then you could 
dig that out of uh you could dig that out of the dominance pile using any card mm. and then lizards could spend it as any suit oh that you're right the dominance or the lost souls would get confusing Especially with those two suited cards you came up with. I was just thinking about that too. Yeah, that could get very confusing. And for supporters as well. Yeah. Well, that's Cole's problem. (laughs) And honestly, though, it's more Joshua Yearsley's problem. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah. Well, that's it. That is all the new Root content that we are wishing for this holiday season. For the new expansion that, again, has had no inklings of even being announced or anything like that. We're just, you know... Three boys who can dream. Yes, absolutely. We are dreaming, uh, and I hope that, you know, you hear that click-clack on your rooftop of those those little reindeer, and that Santa... There it is. That Santa lets out his big belly and gives a big old... holidays. You know, I thought when you said the clopping on your roof, you you made us realize that, of course, the root Santa is a reindeer. Whoa. Right? Yeah. It's a reindeer yeah, in a Santa Yeah, what's the best suit. Christmas scenario for root? Winter map, you get the deer... Hireling. Yeah. Uh, you got to have Woodland Alliance and... Warlord with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. You got to have the Corvids because there's got to be presents that you don't know what's inside. <laughs> yeah. Surprises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then probably one of the Vagabonds. Yeah, because of the, the carrying the sack, the satchel. Oh, full yes. See, yes. I was going to say the moles in case you need to return something at the market that didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. The the lizard called to drag you to the religious ceremonies you don't want to have <laughs> yeah, to go through. That's right, yeah, because you have to go to church. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe we have to sanctify this morning. It's so early. <laughs> Didn't we just sacrifice somebody yesterday? <laughs> How many days of this are there? <laughs> <laughs>